Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What's up? Not a thing, Fran. I'm just out here, you know, trying to survive. And it uh, seems to be getting a little bit harder to do that every single day. Yeah. Uh, the newest crazy story that we got to talk about this week is the story of this Botham John guy mm-hmm. out of Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas. Um, he was killed by a police officer who thought she was in his house or she thought she was in her house yeah and a man broke in Mm -hmm. and so she killed him yeah it's um, one of the crazier stories i've heard in a while yeah somebody from the um the page sent it to me Uh she was like did you see i was like i was like yeah i heard about it so i went and read it and then you know two parts of the story came out one uh from the the part i saw was you know she thought she was in her room or Uh something and then he was there and then like I saw you posted, and then another story came out where it was like, um, what they say, uh, that they knew each that other. That they knew each other. That was debunked, and okay. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to. Uh, I want to. I'm cool with uh, discussing it because that is something I saw too. But mm-hmm. I did put that up on Twitter and asked around because mm-hmm. I don't like to spread fake news. Mm-hmm. And that photo, those people in, the, in that photo, it's none of them. them are at are Amber Geiger, okay. who is the girl that shot him. That that news came from the fact that the police department refused to released the per- the officer's name at first. Gotcha. So people okay. just were like, a woman who's a white woman that this guy Botham has been seen with, mm-hmm. and they found that photo. She looked Hispanic. She didn't even look white. Yeah. Point. Well, I mean, they they are they are they are identifying her as white. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably to add to the, the to fan the flames of mm-hmm. a, a white officer killing a black officer. But besides that, this is just insane on a bunch of different levels. You yeah. know, like I don't believe that you can walk into an apartment building, even if it's in the same complex and not immediately know that you're not in your apartment. I don't, I don't, there's no way they have the same furniture, the same you entryway. There's no key hook that you're used to seeing when you walk in. I mean, mm-hmm. at the very like most innocent of this, she was blackout drunk off, yeah. right off duty. I mean, like how do you not know walking into your apartment that it's not, you're not in your apartment. Yeah. That could be a situation. And, I mean, you being super tired? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Well, Man, like, if I don't care how tired I was, I understand that, but I understand there's like a police sh- shortage in some states, mm-hmm. and some of these cops are getting overworked. I get that that could be a reality, mm-hmm. but 
I could never walk into a house that's not mine and not know that it's not mine. I don't care how tired I am. You, yeah. you, I mean, that's crazy. That's was it, crazy. Was was it? Um, I don't know. I didn't see any photos or anything, but you know me on social media. So many different stories. Yes. Um, was it like a condo or? I don't it, know if it was a condo, but it was an apartment complex. Apartment. Okay. Build, you they, know, it was a building, they said that like she units. had problems with the keys. It was a whole bunch of crazy stuff. How do you even get in? It it, it has numbers. I'm sure it has numbers on the door. So, so many. It's so <laughs> many. Were they next door neighbors? They said she was on a run. I don't even. That, that was just, that's that's me trying to give her every pass that exactly. I can is to go. Yep. Well, maybe he's eight seventeen and she's eight fifteen. They live right next door. She went one door over, but then it's like, well, how did her key work? Exactly. How'd she get in? Oh, he leaves his door unlocked. Okay, well, he leaves. All right, so maybe they're on the same. And none of these things are true. No, all of these things. She's not. She's not. She's not the unit right next to his. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Me trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, it goes, okay, maybe they're the right next to each other. She walked into the uh, wrong one. He leaves his door unlocked all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure, let's 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 keep trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. He leaves his door unlocked all the time. She walks in, walks in enough to get to the bedroom, mm-hmm. and doesn't know she's not in her apartment. Exactly. Pulls her firearm out. This man doesn't say anything to uh, fix the situation. Like, what are you doing in my apartment? Or anything that will make her go... Oh shit! My bad. She immediately fires her gun. It's no like sticking it up. Like, what are you? Yeah, doing get on here the ground. Or... There's no. You're a police officer. Mm-mm. This will be. I would maybe even give her more of a pass. There's no pass to be given, but I would maybe yeah. give her more of a pass if she wasn't a police officer. Yeah. Because a police officer's job is to de-escalate the situation. How do you not right. tell this man to get on the ground, handcuff him, or something, and mm-hmm. then he lets you know, like, yo, you're a stupid idiot, and you're wrong, yeah. and, and you're gonna lose your job. And again, we. Say it on here a lot that you know um, we don't talk about you know police officers' jobs that we no because I commend them well, yeah. I commend them you know the good cops and yes I couldn't do it and people in the military stuff job. like that but Difficult I mean like job. no this is no excuse. there's no excuse there's no, no defending no. this there's no. no defending this and this story hit home for me because I always made the joke a couple of years ago that um, if a police officer shoots me. Y'all better burn the streets down mm-hmm. because there's no spin. I'm not trying to brag, but there's no spin to be made about me. There's no you. You won't find a picture of me with a grill in my mouth holding mm-hmm. a gun. Mm-hmm. You won't find a picture of me in some kind of seedy area to mm-hmm. try to spin it like, well, maybe the cop killed this person because they did something that they shouldn't have been doing. If if I get killed by a police officer, when when I get pulled over, I keep my hands at ten and two. I put my wallet in my lap. I do everything right, and mm-hmm. I don't disrespect police officers because I know what can happen. And when you see the story of this Botham Jean guy, every photo, hey, he's a church going guy. He yep. wears clean suits. He comes from a a, 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 a high ranking family from like the Virgin Islands or something crazy. Like this, he he's a college graduate. He he is he is everything that you want an American to be: mm-hmm. hardworking, faith based you know, uh, uh, you know, respectful. Mm-hmm. And this man got murdered in his house. Yeah. I mean, know? the the truth, the truth to come to light. Something. I think, not I, I think the, that photo that came out, I wanted to believe it because it makes more sense. It does. Than, it makes way more sense than, Oh, I was in the wrong apartment. It, if this is um, a lover's quarrel that went bad, she was jealous that I think that would give his family more, they would still hate this woman, but it yeah. would give them more of a like a close on the situation than, oh, man, I don't know. I was tired, and I just walked into the wrong apartment, and I thought it was my apartment, and he was an intruder. You know? 
That's just, I can't imagine that being the last minute you spend on Earth is like to be murdered in your own home by a police officer and be and be so confused like what is what you know. So I I mm, I hope I crazy. hope they had an affair or she was jealous or so, I hope it was I hope it was something more than she just was tired or dumb or you know whatever the case may be. I hope it was more than that because yeah, if I, it's not more than that, this is just extra sad and awful. Yeah, this story I heard with them dating. Some type of romance. It fit. I ran with that. I was like, that makes way more sense than y- you going into the wrong room. Like, yeah, nothing I, about that story makes any sense. And if sometimes that just is the story, though. That's crazy. Sometimes it's just so stupid and crazy and coincidental and an accident that that's just what the reality is. But when I saw that photo and it's like, oh yeah, they had a history together. It made it made all the dots connect where I went. I mean, I want to accept that way more than you can just get murdered by a cop in your house because they walk into the wrong house. Because that puts a fear in me. Because I mean, I know I don't live in an apartment complex, but maybe some cop lives on this street and my house looks like his house or her house, and they walk in somehow, get into my house. Maybe they, you know, uh, you know, oh man, my key must be broke. I'll just break the door handle off. You know, I don't. You know, who knows how cops think sometimes, or any anybody, not just cops. Who knows how a person thinks when they know they're at their house and the, the key isn't working. Maybe they break a window. They're like, I don't know. I'll pay a person to fix the window later. It opens up a whole realm of, oh, you're not even safe in your own house. Mm-hmm. you know, And that's terrifying. And also, like I said, the, the part of this guy being just seemingly, we don't know Botham John, but from all the photos that have been placed um, in the news outlets and the media outlets, this guy is an everyday upstanding member of society. There's nothing criminal about this person. I remember when that girl got stabbed at that BART train station a couple months ago, they found a photo of her holding a phone that was a gun case. Like the phone, the phone case mm-hmm. was a, had a, like a gun thing mm-hmm. to it, you know? And that's the photo they ran with in the press. Wow. Same thing with Trayvon Martin, same mm-hmm. thing with Michael Brown, same thing with, you know, they try to do a Philando Castile even you find like not a photo of him with his family looking like a person they find some off angle photo in a car that's a selfie that just kind of makes them look a little unassuming Mm -hmm. and a little like oh i can try to paint a picture of what this person is you know and they couldn't do with that with this guy because he was fly as fuck Mm -hmm. he had the creamsicle tie with the suit with the with the pin the like uh the 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 tie pin that Mm -hmm. you you know keeps your tie in place he was a clean cut hardworking, faith you know christian guy man like and this guy got murdered at home. So I just think that's I think that's insane. I hope that more detail come from this. Again, we have said this on the podcast before. We judge the bad apples for the bad apples and we respect, you know, law enforcement. This is also a weird time coming off of that whole Nike thing. It's like this is what Colin Kaepernick took a knee for. Mm-hmm. You know, this exact yeah. thing just, you know, policing in this country needs to be reevaluated. I mean, how is a police officer's job, even in your own home, even if it was her apartment, she still had her uniform on. Mm-hmm. How is your job not to de-escalate this situation, get this man on the ground, bring him to justice? You're not judge, jury, and executioner right there in that room. You're not the person that's supposed to send this person to the afterlife. That's not your job. Your job is to arrest that person and see that they get justice. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the big story of the weekend. Another big story, sadly, uh, is that um, rapper Mac Miller overdosed over the weekend. Mm. Um, He had just recently put out an album. I hadn't got to sit with it, really, because, as you know, Fran, 
Astro World came out. Yeah, Astro World's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, I we've all, we both always been a fan of Mac Miller. But I didn't get a chance to sit with his album. And now, sadly, since he's passed away, it made me want to do that. It's a it's a very instrumental piece of artwork you know like i remember mac miller like early 2012 mac miller mm. 2009 mac miller when like you first heard about mac miller he just was this white kid that could rap his right. ass off rap fast slow kind of had an eminem kind of flow to him and then he put out this album called uh watching tv without the sound on and that's probably my favorite mac miller album mm. and i think now looking back seeing how you know his life turned out and he overdosed i think right around that time of that album is when he got introduced into drugs because yeah. that album was kind of trippy and it was a different Mac mm-hmm. Miller. It wasn't as like Donald Trump and Blue Slide Park and, you know, just rap and rap. It was more, you know, trippy and slow and had sounds. And then yeah. from that album came one of our favorite mixtapes, Delusional Thomas, which yeah. is this mixtape where he's just his alter ego. Mm-hmm. And you really see, looking back, even in the moment, you're like, oh, this dude's doing some crazy shit. This dude's yeah. on, this dude's on all the drugs. And it was a joke. At the time, because you're like, man, this dude's making crazy music. Mm-hmm. It's funny. This dude's making wow, doing crazy stuff with his voice. But then if I, what I did was I looked, I went back and listened to an album that I didn't listen to too closely, which was Good AM, which was his album that he did after Delusional Thomas mixtape. Mm-hmm. And it's a cry for help, man. And if you look and seeing how things went, if you listen to that album, he's talking about if he overdosed, if he overdoses and what his mom will say at his funeral and all this kind of stuff. And then I think all the music that we got after that, was a guy that was perfectly cool being a functioning drug addict. Yeah. His, well, yeah. he didn't. I mean, he, they had a documentary. How he said that he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't feel like he didn't feel himself being sober. He didn't like it at all. And then, for sure, um, what's name said it. Ariana Grande came out and said it. Like yeah. when they broke up, it was yeah. like I, she, could, yeah. he, I can't help nobody. I don't want to be helped. No. She said that. That's the thing, and that's why I'm gonna say something that might be controversial. to People, I want to say uh, another rest in peace to Mac Miller. But I don't like people calling addiction a disease. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's okay. it's All an right. it's an affliction. It's a tough affliction that hurts a lot of people. But saying that something is a disease, I don't think there's anybody out there that has AIDS that doesn't want the cure for AIDS. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have to want to be sober to be sober. And Mac Miller clearly didn't want to be sober. He didn't want to die. I think that that's so obvious. He was talking about tour dates. I don't know his mental state, but I think Mac Miller just did the wrong combination of stuff and, and he left this earth too soon. And that's the sign of a person who was still swimming in his addiction, mm-hmm. you know? I, but I don't I don't like the term disease because, you know, you, you have to make that choice to stop. All right. That's how I feel. Okay. You know? I agree with you, but then I don't because I'm not going to say it's a disease, but yeah, it's kind of your fault. That, but also I think it's, it's a, a tough habit to it's break. A, it's a real thing. Like it, it, it's sure. a, like it happens to a lot of people, alcoholism yes. or whatever it is. It's, I don't, but the thing about it on social media is actually why I took kind of a break off of social media for a little bit. Cause I don't like people. Yes. I love the people in the, uh, fermentation though. Yes. But I just don't like people in there saying, Oh, you know, it's his fault. Yeah, no, no like, I, I'm not subscribed. No, I do not no. subscribe to that at all. I think that drug addiction is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. I think that drugs clearly are amazing. I don't know any other way to even t- to say this. They clearly do something mm-hmm. that is so am- numb your pain, numb your emotions right. that you don't want to do. 
they do something that's so great that you're willing to end relationships, sell your personal belongings, be on the street. So it clearly is an affliction that is not easy to deal with at all. But to call something a disease to me says there's no cure for it. And there is a cure for addiction. Mm -hmm. The cure is you wanting to not be a drug addict anymore. Now, I would say that Mac Miller's probably was the the most glamorous of a drug addict you can be having millions of dollars in a big house and mm-hmm. you you're doing your drugs like in front of a big screen television and then you go on tour and thousands of people are screaming your name it's not as you know dark and bleak as a person who's a heroin addict on the street mm-hmm. and like doing awful things to support their habit i understand that but it still is something that you have a choice in saying oh man my family's looking at me a certain kind of way i don't want and again if you go back and listen to this album good am you hear it this, mm-hmm. he's he is a person who's saying i'm sacrificing a lot to you know do these drugs and 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 live this life that i'm living you know people are looking at me different will i overdose i don't know mm-hmm. but then something happened between that album and just you know the time you know ariana grande breaking up with him which i don't i don't like that that became part of the oh the you conversation know you know like he was his own artist before he ever met that woman yeah. you know mm-hmm. so i don't like that it was like Ariana Grande's ex-boyfriend, Mac Miller, overdoses. Like, that mm-hmm. man meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think this Mac Miller story touches home for a lot of people because us specifically, we came from a, a, a class. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I think our class is getting hit and hit hardest with these drugs, you know yeah. what I mean? From that, that 2004 to 2010 and beyond class of, like, when we were in high school... I knew a lot of kids that were doing pills, mm-hmm. but it was just a fun thing you did at the parties, you mm-hmm. know? But then you graduate from school, and now you're not going to parties as much, but you still pop pills. And now the pills don't affect you as much, So somebody and you it's don't have as much strong. money. So you don't have as much money to buy the pills. a little harder to get the pills. Somebody tells you, oh, man, you know heroin does the same thing. And now you start doing heroin, mm-hmm. but you can't. heroin isn't regulated like pills are. A doctor can tell you take three of these. It says on the oh, bottle, right, don't right. exceed this limit. Heroin, you're just trying to figure out the concoction yourself Mm. and i think that's why we're seeing so many overdoses of young kids because we are literally seeing that transition from oh i used to do percocets in high school for fun but now i'm a drug addict yeah i graduated from school and i still have that addiction it's not a fun thing anymore i'm i'm taking drugs to sustain myself Mm -hmm. and now i'm doing heroin and now they're lacing this heroin with fentanyl to try to make it stronger and these kids it's not the same you're trying to I measure heroin to mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not going to work out. Yeah. It's not a measurable uh substance. You 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 can think like, "Oh, if I do this amount, I'll be good. This will balance me out." And then you overdose. And that's what that's what's happening to a lot of these kids. And they're dropping like flies, man, and it's yeah. really sad. It's just the whole situation about it, it's like um you know, a lot of young artists are, you know, ODing on drugs and stuff and it's like I see him and you see him read the news and it's like Wow, sad, but then like Mac Miller was like It was different. I listened to that dude. Yeah. I, and it was like he's one of my like my top ten artists, so it was it was different. So I don't usually post stuff about, you know, recipes, but yeah. it was like him, it was like it's like damn, I, it's crazy. I, I listened to this I listened to this guy's music. I'm sure it was the same for you in Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So it was like it's different. And then people go you get on social media and people go, Y'all didn't even listen to like what what do you what do you mean? I just I I hate that part of the internet of there's always a person that's going all of y'all are pretending to be sad that this person is is gone and it's like i was a fan of mac miller you know what i mean did i post about mac miller every day that's what, I, that's what i'm saying no but 
he was a likable guy. He was funny. Mm -hmm. He made great music. Mm -hmm. He was not problematic. There's not a video of Mac Miller out here being like, man, you know, niggas is crazy. You know, like, there's no, like, incident that Mac Miller had. Everybody right. in rap loved Mac Miller. Watching TV with the sound off, if you listen to the album, it had all my favorite artists on there. It was mm -hmm. it was it was Mac Miller. He got Schoolboy Q on there. There's Action Bronson. Mm -hmm. I know this is a real hip hop talk, but it, it just is what it is. We, this guy's gone, and it's sad. Mm -hmm. And it also just connects to people that aren't artists that are just overdosing. This is happening a lot. You right. know, it's just it's just crazy. But to say, even to take it beyond the artistry of a you, you somebody saying, oh, you didn't even know such and such like that. You know, how are you gonna tell somebody they didn't know a person? You know, because you want to be the person that's like, oh, y'all fake, y'all fake sad. Right. You know, like, don't do that, man. Like, just don't be that person, you yeah. know? It's 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 sad, but, you know, before we get off the situation, it's like... Um, it's 26, man. Yeah, they say that, and then I I was like, you know what? I got to get off here, because I just, sometimes I just can't, I can't take, I was like, these people It makes you want to say something. It makes you want to yeah, say, like, shut the fuck like, up Right, or you it's know? like, I can't be on here, and then it's like, I don't think people realize, like, no matter who it is or, you know, what they go through, you don't know what people go through. And no. it's like... Once this ride is over, that's that's it. And I don't think people realize that. Like, once this life is it, once this life is over, that's it. Like, you can't just take stuff for granted. Be like, you know, you didn't even know. So what? Yeah. This person lost his Show life. Show some love. Like, you can't say a, a rest in peace to a person, even if you didn't know them crazy. Maybe yeah. you only knew one song of Mac Miller's. But if it affected you in a way, it affected you in a way. And for me, it affected me in this way because Mac Miller's voice is just so in my head right you know his 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 style of rap mm -hmm. his his kind of raspiness to his voice it's in my head and now he's just gone and he's 26 and we'll never get another mac miller song and that's that's the crazy part we'll about never it. get another mac miller song you know he's 26 and he'll be 26 forever you know yep. what i mean it's it's wild you know and i think the other crazy part like you said before we get off of this is that for me with amy winehouse who is probably my favorite artist ever she died at 27 when she died, it had already got to the point where people were like, I mean, any day now, man, this girl's a mess. Like, mm -hmm. she's a train wreck. Like, she's not doing shows anymore. Like, look how bad she looks. She's skinny. She's gaunt. She's an al alcoholic, drug addict. She, It's going to happen any day. So much to the point that it became a joke that, like, the late night shows would be like, oh, man, I haven't seen uh, something this skinny since Amy Winehouse. Like, it became the, she became the butt of a joke because she was spiraling to her death. Mac Miller was just this guy that liked to do drugs and was funny and, yeah. and it wasn't it was like we all knew Mac did drugs but it was like yeah man that's just Mac you know mm. it, it, that's just and that's just the kind of connection he made with people that you if you felt like you knew him mm. it was like yeah man, Mac does drugs he's gonna make some crazy album with he t twists his voice around right. and he uses drugs to inspire him mm -hmm. but there was no signs of Mac nobody caught a photo of Mac Miller like in the gutter right you know like on hard times like there was no TMZ story about oh yeah man Mac Miller lost all his money he was a functioning drug addict yeah and it's hard for a lot of people to admit that you know a lot of functioning drug addicts you know I think that's also a reason this hit hard for a, lo mm -hmm. a lot of people because again that class that I was talking about us like I'm 26 you're, you just turned 27 mm -hmm. so it's like we are all of that Mac Miller age right. I know plenty of people thankfully none of, none of my closest friends are going through those situations but I know plenty of people from the school that I went to that are now battling drug addiction yeah. that I remember seeing them pop pills in high school at yeah. parties. I remember them being like the funny, yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's all just a fun time. Turn up. I remember that. And now they're Facebook messaging me, lying to me about needing money mm -hmm. to support their drug habit, but lying to me, 
You know, so that's that's crazy to get those messages like that when you remember this person just being the funny person at the party. And yeah. now they're a drug addict. Like, I think that's hard to admit for a lot of people. But a lot of us uh, are not coming to terms with the fact that we know a lot of people like Mac Miller. Yeah. You know, and I think that him dying made it more of a reality where you go, damn, man, my friend such and such. He's funny and all that kind of stuff, but like he is addicted to Percocet. Like this is a real thing. Yeah, you know, he's like, addicted to lean. He's, you know, he just started doing heroin casually. Mm. I've never, uh, it's cra- I've never heard the stuff that I'm hearing about people. It's cra- like you're t- like from the suburbs. You're 26 and you're a heroin addict. Like that's crazy. Right. I understand like crack hit the, the, you know, hit the inner city really hard in the 80s, and people turned their back on a lot of those people. But to see uh, anybody, black, white, no matter what, to see a person that's 21 mm. have their soul snatched out of them because of drugs, it, nobody wants to see that. No. You know? So I am of the school where I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, they did black people pretty fucked up when crack hit the streets and heroin. They really just say no and all this kind of stuff. And now they want to give drug dealers life in prison if, they, if somebody overdoses off the drugs they mm. sell. I don't believe in that because, again, I think that if you go and buy drugs... You did that. Right. You know, putting your own habit. But I do believe in helping. a. Per- if a person wants to be helped, I think we should do everything we can to help that person. Right. But you you can't just make somebody not a drug addict because you don't want them to be a drug right. addict anymore. They have to not want to be a drug addict. And I don't think Mac Miller was ready to stop doing drugs. I don't think he was ready to die. Like, a, but, like you said, he was a functioning drug like he Exactly. Was just, you know, that's just, that's just what he, he does. Right. He wakes up, smoke a little weed, maybe later on pop a pill or two, and that's just how he gets through the day. I don't think he wanted to die. No. But that's just the result of when you play in that world. And it's sad. And I, I, want, I want everybody who's sick in that way to get help. Mm. But you can't make somebody want to get better. Right. And hopefully this Mac Miller thing made a lot of people wake up. I hope that if you if he's your favorite rapper and you also listen to his music because you're like, damn, I'm a functioning drug addict too. And But Mac makes it work. I hope that this is a lesson and you go, maybe I should stop. Yeah. I hope that that's some good that comes out of this. I hope people that are out here being functioning drug addicts maybe go well damn i mean it's i guess it's not as manageable as i thought mm. you know so rest in peace mac miller yeah. very sad um not really i don't really have much else to say on it you know just check on your friends man uh, th- that's that's the only thing i want to say on that one last time is like Check on your friends and check on the ones that are the funny ones and the ones that always have a sm- check on them the most Cause those are the ones that might be masking it. Yeah. You know? So just, you know, keep an eye on your friends, man. But let's get out of that. Um, let's try to pick the mood up a little bit and let's jump into these good vibes. Uh, that's right, folks. Welcome to another uh, segment of Good Vibes. Let's try to uh, put some rain, put this rain away. And what am I trying to say, friend? Let's put this rain away. <laughs> let's put this. Let's put this rain away and bring the sun out with yeah. some good vibes. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. All right. Um, cool. So my good vibes story this week is about an app that rounds payments to the nearest dollar. An app? And, yeah, and it helps users pay off one million dollars in student debt. Oh, now. We both went to college. Yes. Uh, briefly. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very briefly. <laughs> so I'm sure 
Whenever we both, I was, we both we both went to <laughs> basketball uh, class. <laughs> Dude, went home, got McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, anyway. like, uh, English one on one. Nah, the the teacher said we can just as long as we know. Here's the syllabus. Once a class was like, here's the syllabus, and as long as you can come and take the test, that was the worst thing oh, to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just study and then come take the test. Man, I went to no classes. Yeah. But go yeah. home. Yeah. Wake up at like eleven o'clock, go to mm-hmm. basketball class, mm-hmm. and then go back home. Go wake up at eleven o'clock, even though you had a class at eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and I read this; it was funny because it was like, if I whatever I was thinking at that time in in terms of a degree, uh huh, I would have wasted my money because yeah, <laughs> I was <laughs> like taking general studies. <laughs> oh man, so um, I was in school for my mom. I wasn't yeah, in school exactly. for me. Like I, I was know. in school to impress my dad. Like yeah, I want to go to college. Yeah, like, come on, man. <laughs> Don't dad, do that. Don't my dad do was that. like, do you really want? Yeah, don't. don't. Like, folks, don't. <laughs> if you don't know, don't do. Like, go to school for you. Yeah. Don't go to school for somebody else. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's just not. Or your friends. Just because your friends are going. Yeah. You don't that's have just, to. Don't, that's have, the most trash shit ever. I yes. can't believe we did that. Like, yo, well, I mean, hey, Kevin's going to college. Yeah, it's so, like I Nick mean, went to Penn State, so I want to <laughs> go to college, too. It's like, you don't have to do that. You can still be successful, have a great life. You don't have to go to college. Yes. Anyway. It's an app that allows students to nickel and dime their way out of debt. Has just paid has just paid off one million one million dollars worth of student loans. Mm. It's called Change Ed. It's an, a mobile app that rounds u- up users everyday purchases everyday purchases to the nearest dollar. For instance, if a person buying a coffee for two forty five which is two dollars and forty five cents right. with a credit card or debit card that is linked to the app, the Change Ed will round the payment to up to three dollars. And drop the extra change and, off. Yep, and, and then wow. have that fifty-five cents to an account ex- insured by the FDIC. Okay, that's interesting. I'm wondering what percentage they take to sustain themselves. I mean, I'm. This sounds like a selfless thing, but like, mm-hmm. costs money to somebody's making money. Somewhere. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, even exactly. if they take like a fraction of a cent off, if a million people do this, you make a lot of money. But that's really cool, though. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, so if you spend two forty-five. They take the they round it up three dollars mm-hmm. and then the extra money they take and drop it off into an account. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it says when those small amounts of change eventually pile up to a hundred dollars, the app then applies the money to the user's student loan debt. Oh, so you that's smart because yeah. for me, when I was in school, if I knew like, oh, I got a hundred dollars sitting over here, I'll just grab that and go pay. I'm gonna use that for other stuff, McDonald's. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna <laughs> use this. Oh, you wanna go to the movies this weekend? I got that uh, change ed money. Yep. You know when you're scraping. When you scrape yeah. it, you just be like, oh, I got that. Damn, my grandmother opened an account for me when I was 15. It's about $75 in there. Yeah. I'm going to go grab that. You know, So it's good that they don't <laughs> let you touch it. They're like, no, we're going to pay for this. Uh, don't t- You don't get to touch it. It's like That's when you get paid, it's like, you know, I, I had a nice check this week. I'm going to put this $100 to the side. Yeah. They come that, that off week, you don't get paid. You never do that. You touch it. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. I need that $100. Yeah. Yep. So um, according to the company's website, the average... Um, which is $37,000 student loan can end up costing over 60000 if the student sticks to making the minimum payments every month. Mm. That's crazy. Yo, interest is a bitch. Interest man. is insane. Interest is a bitch. Like, if you, like if you, were, if you got talking to a credit card with, like, 15% interest and the, the limit was $500, you end up paying, like, eight fifty by the time you pay off that credit card. That's almost you know? doubled than with the... Yeah, that's crazy. It, interest, interest, is, interest is crazy. And that is... <laughs> it's incentivizing you the minimum that means that the minimum payment they give you is designed 
to make you end up paying 30% more than what you pay anyway. That is, so it, wow. in order for you to not pay too much in interest, if your mortgage is $1,000, you, you need to be paying 1300 a month just to not get fucked too hard by interest. Mm. So with the, with the help of the app, they can save up to 14000 on their debt and interest costs by using the average amount of spare change from purchases. Mm. The app also claims that it can knock up to six years off the student repayment terms. Mm. So I think that's that, I think that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I think, I think it'd also cool. be really cool if Donald Trump if Donald Trump wanted to win me over as a voter, he'll never win me over as a person because I think he's a piece of garbage. But if he wanted to win over black people, probably just people in general, if he forgave student loans and legalized marijuana, I'd be like, give this dude another term. Wow. I just would have to. I would say it would be like, you know that meme of Rihanna? I don't know if you've seen that meme of Rihanna, like throwing her purse at a guy's face when she walked by him. Mm -hmm. But it, that would be how he would get my vote. Like, just take the fucking vote, man. Here. Yeah. I would give it to him angrily, but it's like. That would be he, awesome. If he forgave student loan debt, which would give people, a bunch of people money to be able to go out and buy cars and buy houses. Yep. It would free up so much money for people. Yep. If he forgave student loan debt and then fucking legalized weed. So those people who maybe were in school with, for botany who now don't have to pay student loans debts, can take their money and go open up a cookie shop or open up a, a, a medical marijuana dispensary. That's that's plugging money into the infrastructure of this country. I don't think he'll do either of those things. But Well, some places it is legalized, right? Yeah, it's, it's it state by state. Like Weed is, is legalized uh, federally. It's just not legalized state by state. Oh, okay. So if Alabama still believes that weed is gr the green devil... Mm -hmm. then they won't ever legalize it. But mm -hmm. the states that are smart, like Colorado and, yeah. and, and D.C., they're making hell of... Man, Colorado's making so much money off weed, man. They're starting to fix the roads with weed money. That's they're crazy. They're starting to, like, fucking... Like, it's insane. Like, they're making so much money off weed yeah. that it's insane. And when a podcast listen to, it's in... They have a, a delivery service. It's called, like, Ease. That's what I mean. Like, I like that's what, what I mean. Like, fuck? so basically what happens when you legalize weed is you then create a thousand micro-markets for people to make money off of. And jobs. Cookies, uh, p candies, mm -hmm. like people just coming up with all kind of stuff. Now I have the best weed candy shop in Colorado. That's a whole new market because now it's like, oh, this other shop makes candy weed, but I do it the best. So now you have competition, yeah. you know. It's and it just, provides em employment for people. Yes, man. It, it, I don't. There's no downside <laughs> to weed. You can drive on weed. I wouldn't suggest it. I, I, I take, That's actually, nutsy. I should probably scratch That's that out. That's huh? Don't, yeah, don't. But <laughs> it's it's safer to drive on weed than it is on alcohol. You're, you're, you're more focused. A thousand times. And I, I might be speaking from personal experience, and I'm not suggesting that people do it. Yeah. But you're a thousand times safer. Yeah. And that's just a number I'm throwing out there. I'm doing it like a Donald Trump thing. Uh, like, you're, it's a million times <laughs> safer to drive on weed than it is on alcohol. But it just it is. I even if agree. I don't even yeah. if I don't attribute a specific number to it, it's way safer. Mm -hmm. And also you're not doing damage to your body by smoking weed. Like alcohol kills you, you know? So I don't see how you could still defend uh banning weed. It, mm -hmm. it it's cra at this point it's crazy. The science is fully behind mm -hmm. legalizing marijuana and anybody who's not doing it at this point is just being a conservative weirdo who doesn't want to hurt the alcohol industry. Or hurt some other industry by legalizing weed. Because once they legalize weed, I'm not drinking anymore. I mean, but that's just how that's just business. That's I mean that that goes. Some to stuff anything. has to go. Right. <laughs> when the MP3 came out, CDs got fucked. You yep. know. Yeah. You legalize weed, alcohol's gonna get fucked a little bit, man. But that doesn't mean people won't still enjoy a nice bottle of wine. But it's just not gonna be the number one pain reliever or yeah. or, or, or uh, way to escape your sorrows. Mm -hmm. Also, alcohol is a depressant, man. People kill themselves on alcohol. Yeah. 
it makes you sad, you know? So it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that forgiving student loan debt would be a way better option. I think it would free up a lot of money, but that's cool because I like that app because we always talk about this all the time. Like once you break a 20, that's it's it. gone. Yeah. You know, that is it. I would much rather spend uh, $8 and they round it up to 10 or whatever, however they do it and just take the rest of the money and put it towards something like that I that I can make use of. Yeah. As opposed to breaking the twenty on something for five dollars. Now I'm spending a dollar on gum. I'm yeah. buying fucking a super bouncy ball. When you break a twenty, <laughs> you you end up buying dumb shit. Yeah. Like, I'm you? I'm glad you said that because with the app it's like people are lazy. Yes. So you can say all the stuff in the world. But yeah. yeah. But so you're not using your focus to be like, I gotta use this twenty to change. it's all it's yeah. all just they do transaction. It it's yes. all they do it for you. It's, it's wrapped up card. in the transaction. You don't have to deal with it. So I feel like that makes it better for people. That because for me, I'll be like, I'll do it next week. I'll yeah. do it next week. I'll do it next week. And now you and save never no money. <laughs> so it's like I think that that app is cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That it 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 leans on people being lazy. Where it's like, yep. look, man, we're not gonna give you the money. We're gonna take your money, put it in an account, and then once it's saved, you save up enough money. We're gonna pay your student loan people. Yep. Uh, that's really cool. I'm glad that that's happening. I hope that it, I hope that it continues to help people with those student loan debts because those student loan debts can be a son of a bitch, man. That's crazy. You know, you go to school to become a veterinarian or whatever. By the time it's done, you owe like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to somebody. You're like fifty. You still paying oh, for college? God, <laughs> crazy. Anyway, my good vibe story this week is something really cool happened this week in India. Um, love has won in India, folks. For anybody who hasn't figured out, uh, India has. It's crazy to have to say this, but it is what it is, and it's still a good thing. India has legalized homosexuality mm-hmm. uh, in the country of India. Um, uh, the Supreme Court of India has passed a, a, a historic ruling that has made homosexuality no longer a criminal offense. Like You could go to jail in India for being gay. Wow. Uh, the way that they phrased it was that uh, if you were caught uh, doing sexual activity that went against the law of nature— you could be punishable by up to life in prison. Who was getting caught? Fucking. I mean, if you maybe you're holding hands with your bae, oh, that. you know, oh, okay. you know, kiss your boo at the, you know, at the, uh, at the butter chicken restaurant, you well, know, snitching. Yeah, I mean, snitching imagine it's the same thing like in Jamaica, where I don't, I don't know if there's any laws in Jamaica about homosexuality, but if you get caught being gay in in Jamaica, like the whole, t- they'll you'll get stoned. Like they, wow. it's like against God. You know, in Jamaica, in America, man, in everywhere, it, everywhere, it's more of a taboo thing than a legal thing. Mm. But in India specifically, in other countries for sure, probably, it was criminally punishable. Yeah, okay. And uh, it was it was Section uh, 377. It was a 150 year old law, mm. and this this court uh, voted against it, and now it's been abolished. Good. And one of the judges on the court said, the LGBT community has the same fundamental rights as citizens. The identity of a person is very important, and we have to vanquish prejudice, embrace inclusion, and ensure equal rights. They also said that intimacy and privacy is a matter of choice. We have to bid adieu to stereotypes and prejudices that we had. So basically, and who was reading that? One of the judges that voted. Oh, I thought you was about to say. Him. I thought you about to say one of the judges was came out and was like, "I'm gay." No, but maybe he did though. You know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe he or she did. You know. So I just I I think that it's crazy that. Just because of how my life is, and, and and knowing that some of the some of the like most awesome, creative, funny people that I know are gay, yeah, and to read a story about how you could go to jail 
if you were yourself in this country. That's crazy. It's crazy, but you still have to give a, you know, clap your hands for progress, Mm -hmm. even if it sounds crazy to you. You know, like I think uh, I can't remember if it was in Iraq or in Afghanistan. Women just got like the right to drive like six months ago. And that sounds so crazy, but it's a step forward. Yeah. So you got to even if you're going like, what? That's wild. You still got to you still got to give props to progression, you know. So I think that that's crazy that you could yesterday or no, this story came out September 8th. Mm -hmm. You could two months ago get arrested for holding hands with the person you love. I just, when I hear stuff like that, I like to see the progress. But then if I was, like, dead and I heard that, I'd be like, you know, this is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's one of those things where it's bittersweet. Yeah. It's the yep. best way to describe yep. it. It's like, yep. you go, oh, man, that's great that they can do that now. But it's like, man, why couldn't they do that before? Right. You know? It's like, that's <laughs> fucked. Damn, that's fucked up. And then you go, damn, the world's fucked up. And then you go, damn. People suck, yeah. you know what I mean. And that's like every—that's me for like everything. Yeah. Right? You, you go to Chick Fil A and somebody's like, "Get smart with the Chick Fil A person." You're like, "Man," or you you get your food and you're like, "Man, that Chick Fil A service is great." Uh, why that lady? Why was that lady so rude to them? Why would you be rude to somebody that works at Chick Fil A? Yeah, people suck. Yep. I'm going home. I'm closing <laughs> all the blinds and I don't want to talk to anybody. And that's me every day. Uh, and obviously, Chick Fil A has its issues, but don't blame the people at Chick Fil A. No, that's corporate problems. I've seen gay people working at Chick Fil A. A dude that works at that works at the Chick-fil-A that I go to on my lunch breaks has long fingernails and, and, mm. and is very effeminate and and hey, a check is a check. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look, I understand wanting to be a warrior for equality and all this kind of shit, but when you got bills At the end of the day, you gotta pay those. When bills. you got bills and Chick-fil-A yeah. calls you back for a, a, a job interview, who are you to be like, Well, I'm not gonna come in until you change your policy on not supporting gay marriage? I'm like, you okay, well do goodbye. That. You could do that to an extent. And then I'm just start piling up, and you're like, hey, hey look, <laughs> for these eight hours, I'm gonna put that. Yeah, I, I got, I got to work, man. So I fully, you know, I fully, um, am happy for that legislation to be passed in India. That's my good vibes, even if some people see it as a little bittersweet. Um, it's still progress, and we always have to applaud progress, right, friend? Yep. Um, what we're gonna do is, I want to take a break, but instead of once again this week, instead of playing a, um, a 90s jam from one of you guys. I want to play uh, one of my favorite Mac Miller songs, which is the song called Objects in the Mirror. For some of you who don't know, some of you listening are a little older. Some of you, you know, we have a lot of different van- fans. So you might not be a fan of rap music or whatever, you know. But Mac Miller made a lot of diverse kind of music. And this song, Objects in Mirrors, is a very, he's singing. It's an R&B song, basically. And it's just a good vibe, and it's a it's a happy song. It's a little bittersweet, and uh, I want to send us out on that, and I want to say uh, R.I.P. to Mac Miller. And uh, once again, like I said, check on your friends, man. Like, it's it's a lot of craziness going on out here. These drugs are taking people every day, and if there's something you could say or do to a close friend of yours to prevent that from happening, you know, even if it's just saying, hey, uh, you want to go grab a drink? You don't know what that could do to that person who you, in the back of your mind, know is something going on. But you just brush it off. So let's maybe try to stop brushing it off and, and check on our friends. And uh, we'll be right back to talk about some fucking shit.
silences, they all just watch you. I kind of find it strange how the times have changed. All right, folks, and we are back. Before I jump into my story, because it is my turn to go first, really, uh, really quick, I want to give a shout-out to Capital Hive Meadery. It is a meadery run by a buddy of mine, Brian Sullivan. I'm currently drinking on some sanguine right now. It's a mead. It is uh, what British royalty drank. It's what kings drank. You know, it is sweet, honey wine, and it is delightful. So uh, hit up Capital Hive Meadery if you're in the DMV area. It's, uh, I think it's based out of right outside of D.C. Uh, hit up CapitalHiveMeadery.com. Look them up. Hit them up on Facebook. See how you can get some of this in your fridge ASAP because it's so sweet and good, but it also gets you banged up. I am not wearing pants right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder this week? Yes, sir. All right. Let's get it. So my affirmative murder this week is the story of Jonathan Luna. Now, I do want to say that I think I may have heard this story on My Favorite Murder, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't remember. While I was reading it, it sounded familiar, Okay, but I wasn't sure. So for anybody that listens to My Favorite Murder, if, if, if the story starts to sound familiar, or if you've heard the story before, it, you haven't heard it told like this. Sorry, I'm a little belligerent. I've been drinking honey wine. <laughs> but you haven't heard it. I'm telling it now. So sit back and listen to the story of Jonathan Luna. <clears throat> So back in 2003, 38-year-old Jonathan Luna, a married father of two, was working as an assistant United States attorney in Baltimore, Maryland. Luna had been assistant district attorney of Baltimore since 1999. Now, uh, in lieu of this whole um, gun task force investigation, and, and just we've known for years that there's a lot of bad apples. That's kind of the word that we use. A lot of bad apples in the Baltimore Police Department. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually listened to a podcast that was interviewing like former police officers, and they were throwing out numbers like fifty percent of of the department the force? is corrupt. Wow, like people that have wow. that were there. You know, so that is a huge. I, that's what I'm saying, and I know <laughs> that we're kind of like a, maybe a different case because Baltimore is Baltimore. But if that's any kind of sign that that's possible in another police department in another uh, state, like. That's we need to talk about, you know, changing the rules of engagement for police and changing how the police structure is because fifty percent is crazy. If you said ten, I'd that's be like, yeah, that's not cool. a few bad apples. <laughs> that's that's a battle. That's a battle between right. the good police and the bad police. Wow. Like that's, you know. So, but anyway, so this guy was a district attorney. In early December two thousand three, he was in the thick of a particularly rough drug case that was about to blur the line between upholding the law and bending it until broke, which, again, if you know anything about what's going on in the gun task force, you that doesn't sound crazy now to me. Mm -hmm. Because I, for me, after hearing the things that I've heard, reading the articles that I've read, Baltimore police have been, some of them, let me not say Baltimore police, but some of Baltimore police and some districts have been involved in corrupt shit for decades. So... What I'm about to say, when I read it, it wasn't it wasn't like, what? Mm -hmm. But anyway, Walter O. Poindexter and Dion Lionel Smith were brought up on heroin charges. They were captured as a result of evidence provided by a Baltimore drug dealer named Warren Grace. So, he, you know, he was a you know paid informant, confidential informant mm -hmm. for uh, this case that Jonathan Luna was trying to build. Mm -hmm. However, 
to get the information, the FBI gave Grace quite a bit of leeway as he repeatedly broke conditions that informants that kept informants out of prison. So basically, this dude Warren Grace was out here. He was providing information, but he was also probably like selling drugs as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he was shooting people, harming people in some kind of way, and then this district attorney's office would let him go because he was providing good information. Wow. This also is very similar to what happened uh, with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Whitey Bulger. Johnny Depp is in this movie called Black Mass where he uh, portrays this this gangster named Whitey Bulger, mm-hmm. and he was an informant for the FBI, but what Whitey Bulger was doing was he was giving like this much information to the FBI, but using the fact that they had his back to take over Boston. So he was a criminal, but he was he, he was a criminal, but side. he also had the cops on his side. Right. So he would go, uh, yeah, the uh, Fratelli family they sell drugs, but he was telling them that so that he would they would arrest the Fratelli family and then he would go take over their hmm. their turf. So he was using he them was to, playing them. Yeah, yeah. Whitey Bulger <laughs> was a huge gangster and was doing all kind of crazy shit, but he was providing like a little smidgen of information to the FBI that was getting them cases. But he was he was the one they needed needed to be arresting because as he got people off the streets, he kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, so he was, this guy Warren Grace was doing that to a smaller so degree. So when he was giving the information, they was letting him slide for the, the shit For the shit doing. he was doing. Warren Grace, yeah. So he would, so then he's in, win, he's in a win-win situation. Exactly, yeah. So he would, you know, he would go, yeah, uh, Walter Poindexter's out here. He was on Fayette and he was selling drugs. Fayette's the street in Baltimore. Yeah. He was on Fayette and he was selling drugs and they would go, okay. And then he, they would get a phone call like, uh, Warren Grace is out here. He just pistol whipped some, some crackhead. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just let him go. We'll come get him. And then he gets, you know, the handcuffs taken off of him and sent on his way hmm. because he provided some information about somebody else. Crazy. And they would turn their head to the shit he was doing. Mm. Turn a blind eye, whatever kind of phrase you want to use. Yeah. Um, Grace was the prosecution's main witness. But because of his violations, Luna's aim of putting Poindexter and Smith away was snuffed. So basically, as when it was all said and done them letting this guy Warren Grace get away with all this stuff ended up being their undoing because mm. the judge was like, oh, this witness is not credible because look at this rap sheet of the shit he was doing. Mm. So, no, you're not going to be able to use everything that you have here because your your witness isn't a strong witness because mm. he's also in the world as well. Right. On December 3rd, Luna talked to the defense attorneys in a bid to get a plea deal. He worked on the conditions of the plea deals into into the night before leaving his office sometime before midnight on December 3rd. Prior to the drug case, there was a 2002 bank robbery case Luna helped handle. After the case ended, $36,000 of evidence money came up missing. Luna was one of the suspects as he was responsible for the money. Even after his death, no one was arrested for the theft. The case ties into Luna's death since police revealed that Luna was having money problems to the tune of $25,000 of credit card debt. It was also noted that Luna came into $10,000 after the $36,000 went missing with no explanation of its origin. Around this time, it was also claimed that Luna frequented dating sites. In the deaths of individuals of note, when these kinds of claims are made, it tends to get both the rumor mill and the conspiracy machine rolling. Mm. It also led to the theory that Luna committed suicide. Mm. On the night of December 3rd, he stayed late at the office, which was normal for him, and got his car at 11.38 p.m. to drive back to his house in Baltimore. 
The next morning, his body was found stabbed an absurd number of times and dumped in a stream in Pennsylvania. Dang. Which you may recognize as being an entirely different state than Maryland. <laughs> uh, how long is the drive to like Pennsylvania, friend? Like three hours? I mean, you're talking Depending about like two and a half. If you're going to if you're going to Philly from Baltimore, you're talking about like two and a half yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. You're talking about anything deeper than that. I mean, we went to Pittsburgh to see Swayze, and that, that felt like, like forever, man. Yeah. Especially because because Pennsylvania is just like an unfinished state. Like everything is like detour. Oh, this road's not yeah. done. Oh, get off here and then get back. The Magellan was fucked up. The and Magellan was, was like, the Magellan was basically like, bruh, I mean, what? It was like detour, recalculating. Uh, Get off here and then get back on here. It was it, insane. Yeah, Pittsburgh is wild. <laughs> um, But yeah, so he was found stabbed a crazy amount of times in Pennsylvania. Even strangers. So, in, wait, so they, they took his body to Pennsylvania. Oh, he, they think he committed suicide. He, they are, I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to okay. it. Even stranger than suddenly getting murdered was Luna's behavior after leaving the office the night of his death. For one thing, rather than heading home, he drove to Delaware, where he withdrew $200 from an ATM. And we're talk- what did I say last week, folks? This was around midnight. Probably he drove to Delaware, so that's like an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like one in the morning. If you're taking money out of an ATM after 1030 at night, you're not doing anything good. Right. Ever. It's just never, you're never like... Hmm, let me give this homeless person $200 at (laughs) 1 o'clock in the morning. It just, it's never the case. I'm going to load up some snacks at 7-Eleven. Yeah, you know, at 1 o'clock. I'm going to get $150 worth of snacks from 7-Eleven at 1.30 in the morning. (laughs) No, I don't care how high you are. What the It just doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah, he ended up in Delaware at, after midnight on this night of December 3rd, Mm. withdrew $200 from ATM, then for reasons that can never be explained, because he's, you know, he's done, he's dead. Um, he drove to Pennsylvania, and along the way he crossed a toll road. His ticket had blood on it, mm. suggesting that he had already been attacked, but was still determined to complete whatever mission he was on. Luna's body was discovered in a Pennsylvania stream, and although he had been stabbed 36 times, his throat was cut, his ultimate cause of death was drowning. Wait. First of all, he did all that in one night. Yeah. He Damn. went to, he he went he went he went from Baltimore to Delaware, withdrew money from the ATM, drove to Pennsylvania, went through a toll booth, gave somebody a ticket, had it had blood on it, and then he ended up found dead in a stream where the official cause of death for this man is drowning. So apparently, even though he was stabbed 36 times and his throat was cut, he drowned in the lake. Yeah. Or in the stream, I'm sorry. But for that, that's a hell of a lot of driving. For sure. Because you got to come back across Maryland. Uh-huh. At least, no. I don't know. I thought Delaware is... Don't get me... Whew, I'm not a geography <laughs> major. I don't know. I don't know. Right, but okay, I think right. you can I think you can get to Pennsylvania Maybe you from can. Delaware. Okay, all right. I, think, I, just, I don't okay. think you have to like go back right, to that's get... What I, yeah, no. When I, I look at a map, I feel like, dang, you got to do this. You got to go this way, back up there. Yeah, way. no. Okay, I maybe. Think, I don't I think, know. Okay. Don't, but, don't quote me on this, but I think you can get to Pennsylvania from Delaware. As a matter of fact, I'm almost sure of it because I remember when that story of that girl getting burned up when she met a person on social media, she was from Delaware and she caught a bus to Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, Pennsylvania's so huge. Like Phil- anyway. Philadelphia or something yeah. like that. Yeah, okay, so he got stabbed so he went from time. he went from Baltimore, I would assume I would assume like Baltimore City, went from Baltimore to Delaware to Pennsylvania and then died in a stream. All so before that, he after he left, all after he left his office at eleven thirty-eight that night. That's crazy, and his cause of death was drowning. Drowning, 
But he was also stabbed 38, 36 times, and, his, neck and is... his neck, his throat was cut. Wow. None of the cash that Luna withdrew from the Delaware ATM was stolen. In fact, it was scattered around his car as though whoever killed him rooted through his vehicle looking for something else besides the cash. Mm. His blood was all over the back seat, suggesting that most of it, if not all of the stabbing, occurred there. And the car's engine was still running when his body was discovered. Also, Luna had apparently been in a huge hurry to jump state lines because he left his office in such a rush that he forgot his glasses, which, you know... You, yeah. If you wear glasses, you probably need you those need to glasses. see when you drive. But he was like, oh, nah, I got to go. I got to get to Delaware. For whatever reasons, we will never know. But for some reason, he felt like, I need to get to Delaware so bad that I forgot my glasses. That sucks, man. I, never, I, I hate that. You never know, man. God. I thought you'd like this case because of that. I, 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 I thought When I was reading this, I was like, Fran's going to love this. Um some, including the local coroner's office, actually wanted the deaths reclassified as suicide, literally saying the guy used a Swiss Army knife to jab himself over and over. Other police aren't quite so sure, considering no one in the history, no one in history has ever committed suicide by stabbing themselves 36 times. Right. It just has never happened. And also slashing their throat. Uh, and also jumping into a stream. <laughs> Uh, Luna's case is still open, although it has remained cold since 2003. And that was my affirmative murder this week. Now, the reason I picked this was um, because of the insanity of the uh, uh, Botham Jean case. When I read that, I wanted to do something that was equally as insane, if not equally, just a little bit in as insane as the Botham Jean case. And when I read this one, I was like, that's crazy. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So that's why I picked that one. Yeah. Well, one... Why would why would the idea or an opinion of somebody stabbing themselves thirty six times even come up? That would mean that you are saying this man who has worked climbed his way up the ranks to be like the head district attorney of Baltimore is like schizophrenic or something, and all of a sudden he thought something and stabbed himself. He has like no no type of pain tolerance or anything. Mauled he, just, him, he just mauled himself with a Swiss Army knife and then dove into a into a stream and allowed himself to drown him. He drowned himself. I can't even like put a little piece of nail in my finger that pops up. I can't even hold my breath for more than 20 <laughs> seconds. So right. to just jump, jump into water and not jump out when you uh, can't breathe anymore is crazy. But yeah. I guess also if you're also 36 times stabbed and your throat's cut, you don't have the strength to maybe pull yourself up once you get to that threshold of where you can't breathe anymore. Yeah. But for me, um, I like this case also because I've been watching Ozark and all these other kind of true crime, crazy, uh, you know, uh, money laundering kind of shows. And because of all the stuff he was wrapped up in, it allows your mind to wonder, like, well, maybe he had some money stashed in Delaware. Maybe he took the whole thirty six thousand dollars that went missing and something went wrong and somebody from the corrupt police department. Because, again, we live in Baltimore. Maybe somebody who was on to him was going to bring him in. And he was like, oh, I'm going to just skip town. I'm going to go get my $36,000 from this, you know, locker in some bus station in Delaware that I keep it in or in Pennsylvania that I keep it in. I'm going to get to that and I'm going to go to Bora Bora. Mm. But on the way, the person who was looking for him maybe got to him, you know. Mm. So that's it allows your mind to wander in that way. Again, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> you then, know, it, he's gone. then two, my other one was, I feel like. It should be some type of like your soul when you die. Your soul should be like turned to a hologram, and then we would be like, "What happened?" 
You are describing the just, plot of Hereditary, just, which I just watched. They a just couple they days. just pull up in a little thing and tell you in the middle of the table, and they just sit. Tell oh, the story. now you're just, you're describing Star Wars now. <laughs> you want a little a that little will be, a little mini a mini version of the person yeah. to be on the table. Like and we had like a round check table, it, boom, and a round table. Okay, and now you're going back like, into seance stuff. What happened? So you want to cross between Hereditary and Star Wars, where you a seance happens, mm-hmm. they come from the other side, but then they're just a little whole person on the table yep. the size of a Coke bottle. And the lights shine on them and they yeah, just float. they glow and they tell you what happened. God! Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think you're going to get that. That would be that. so awesome! I don't think you're going to get We will learn that. so much stuff. Yeah. Get stuff solved. Yeah, oh. yeah I don't think you, if you're, if you're looking for that to be the next, like, big break in uh, the CSI de- department, uh, don't hold your breath on I that. don't like not knowing things. I just don't, Forever? Forever, 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 ever, forever, ever. Forever, man. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened to Jonathan Luna. He Damn just, it. He popped up dead where he wasn't supposed to be at like 3 o'clock in the morning, stabbed 36 times, and his throat was cut, and he was drowned. And we don't know why. I don't like the news of somebody just dying. I need to know why. What happened? What happened that night? Well, I'm hoping we get that in this Botham John case. Damn man. it. I, I'm really hoping that in the, in the bright side, the other person that was involved is still alive. So And they're not going to say anything. I don't see that happening, man. I mean, why wouldn't she be honest? Like, she, you're caught. Yeah, but she, I don't know. I don't, she ain't gonna say nothing now. She can pay on leave. That that woman's gonna lose her job. <laughs> I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna file manslaughter charges and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. That was um, a good one. I just, just don't like those type of endings, man. That was one of the reasons I picked. I was like, a friend's gonna hate this. So that was the story of Jonathan Luna. That was my affirmative murder this week. If you heard it somewhere, that's fine, you know. How about you fucking don't come and be a wild actually person and try to tell me where you've heard a story before. Because fuck you. I'm sorry, guys. I've been drinking. I've been drinking Capital <laughs> yeah, Hive. he is tipsy. I've been drinking yeah. Capital Hive mead. Um, go get it if you can. And go check out Capital Hive Meadery Facebook page and, and try to get some, get some Capital Wine, Capital Hive Meadery to you as soon as possible because it is delicious. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Fran, uh, it is your turn to uh, blow my mind with your affirmative murder, so please. So my affirmative murder this week is about Alvin and Judith Neely. Oh, okay. Now, I've okay. I've heard this story before. Um, i actually seen it on TV. It was on. Um, it was on a couple of things. It was on Wicked Attractions. Have you have seen? It? I haven't. It's seen It's a that, Discovery no. program. Um, it was also on Most Evil, and I've watched a couple of uh, Most Evils. Yeah. So um, I heard the story before. Also, I got to give a shout out to um, um, Aunt Antoinette Rogers. Oh man, that lady's coming in big for you, huh? Yeah, she's coming through. <laughs> she is coming through. She sent me this. Is she a long lost re- relative of yours. Yeah. She, keeps <laughs> she keeps coming through with the crazy. Uh, you keep you keep through. mentioning her. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's been coming through for me. So I was like, okay, I'm just. Did I she like suggest this. this story to you? Yeah, she sent it to me. She was oh, like, okay. check it out. I was like, you know what? I, when I read, it, I was like, I heard this story before. You might have. You, have you ever heard of them? I thought maybe I mean, if I read it, you'll probably. Oh, I heard the story before. Look, but. I don't know if I've heard it before, but I've had, if I had to guess, I would say, look, Alvin probably just got mixed up in something he shouldn't have been in, and he's a perfectly <laughs> good guy, and you know, this is whoever the other person is. They did it, and he's innocent. Sure. If I had to guess. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So this is about Alvin and Judith Judith Neely. Mm-hmm. So Alvin Howard Neely Jr. was born in 1953 in Georgia, where he was a car thief. During, it's like it's crazy. It's like it was like 
that's yeah, where he that's goes. just that's yeah. His career. He, was, he, he worked at he Applebee's. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where well, he was a car de- car thief during his teenage years. He met his second wife Judith and Adams, who was her who was her name before they got married. Mm-hmm. When she was twenty six years old, um, when he was twenty six years old and she was fifteen. Oh, yeah, that's not cool. Um, so Alvin divorced his first wife first wife shortly before eloping with Judith in nineteen eighty. Twenty six and fifteen. Yeah, that's, that's not, not okay. That's not cool at all. That's not okay, man. So Judith was born in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Oh, Murfreesboro. There's this guy named John Mulaney. He has a hilarious joke on Jimmy Fallon where he's talking about the horrible places he's done stand-up, <laughs> comedian, uh, stand-up comedy at. Uh, and Murfreesboro is one of the places he said. I remember by the in my early 20s, I was doing the show in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. No. Murfreesboro. <laughs> I'm pronouncing it correctly. Okay, okay, I'm not uh, mispronouncing uh, it. You're not, That's no. how it's pronounced. That's a place. Murfreesboro. It was, I think it was named by a dying Confederate general as he barely sat up in bed eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> and his grandson was like, Pappy, you gotta name the town. And he was like, Murfreesboro. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she was born June 7, 1964. Uh, her father, an alcoholic, died in a motorcycle accident. Mm. When she was nine. See? Don't drink and drive. Yeah. After meeting Alvin, she began her life of crime, committing armed robbery across the country. Mm. Even when heavily pregnant. Oh. For which she was later caught, she gave birth to twins while incarcerated at Rome, Georgia's Youth Deve- Development Center. So on September 11, 1982, Ken Dooley, a Youth Development Center employee, was shot was shot at four times oh. following the, f- the fellow employee, Linda... Um, Adair's home was firebombed with Molotov cocktails. Phone calls were made to the victims following the attacks by a female who claimed to to have been sexually abused at the youth development center, but neither victim could identify the caller's voice. So Lisa Ann Milliken, a 13-year-old girl from Satertown, Georgia, was abducted by Alvin and Judith from the Riverbend Mall in Rome, Georgia, on September 25, 1982. She was was taken to Scottsboro, Alabama, motel where the Neelys had her captive. During her captivity, Lisa was raped by both Neelys multiple times. On September 28, Judith Judith injected Lisa with Drano into, uh, into first one side and later both sides of her neck. Both arms and both buttocks. Is this the girl in the box? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. You said that. I was like, did I miss? Did yeah. I miss? No, I thought this yeah. was the girl in the box story. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I do need to hear about that. Um. Yeah. So they put Drano on both sides of her neck, both arms, and both buttocks oh. in an attempt to poison her to death. Liquid plumber plumber was also used on some of the injections. When the painful poisoning hadn't killed her, Lisa was ordered to rise, shot in the back by Judith, and her body thrown over a cliff in a little river canyon in Fort Payne, Alabama. Oh. In the video I saw about this, now she was, what, 10 years younger than him, I believe. Uh-huh. She, so was, she was 15. She was running shit. She was 15, but the girl that they just did this to, she was 13? Yeah. That's crazy. But they were saying, uh, but at this couple, she was the one that was running this whole thing. I told you, man. Alvin, man, he just, <laughs> he just, you know, he just was trying to make his wife happy, man. But that's yep. the thing about dudes named Alvin, man. We're good dudes. 
Right. You know, all we want to do is just please <laughs> our please our spouses and just keep a happy home. And, you know, sometimes the, they go too far and we just get caught up in the mix. It's OK. So Judith later called various police agencies several times to report the location of Lisa's body, where it was found on the canyon floor draped over a fallen tree. Why'd she do that? What do you mean? Why she called? Yeah. Um, Janice Chapman and John Hancock were a young engaged couple from Rome, Georgia. On October 4th, 1982, they were abducted by Judith Neely. John Hancock was shot was shot while Janice Chapman was abducted and brought back to the Neely's motel room, mm. where she was tortured and murdered. John Hancock, however, did not die. He was able to point out he was able to point to Alvin and Judith as his assailants. So Judith Neely was arrested on October 9th, 1982, and Alvin was taken into custody a few days later. Judith was um, deduced as being the perpetrator in the YDC employee attacks. To avoid the death penalty, Alvin Neely pleaded guilty to murder and aggravated assault in Georgia. He was not tried for the Lisa Milliken murder. Uh, Judith Neely's trial began on March 7, 1983 in Fort Payne. Before the trial, however, she gave birth to a third child behind bars. Damn. Yeah. After a six-week trial, Judith was convicted of the torture and murder of Lisa Ann Milliken, despite a jury, despite a jury's recommendation to sentence Judith to life in prison. Judge Randall Cole sentenced the 18-year-old mother to three, of three to death in Alabama's electric chair. Mm. Um, after after conviction of the for the Milliken murder, Judith pleaded guilty to the Janice Chapman's murder. So she was charged both of them. And he was only charged one of them. So she maybe she tried to do that to save Alvin. Maybe I would think you would think it would be the opposite. Well, I mean, if you already get the death penalty, you might as well try to help somebody. <laughs> yeah, you know true. what I mean. Like I'm I mean, already going down. I'm so already going to die, so yeah. I might as well try. Yeah, to, I might as well take this one too. So Alvin Neely was incarcerated at the the Bostic State Prison from 1983 until his death in October 2005. Oh wow! Yeah, at 18 years old, double murder Judith Neely became the youngest woman sentenced to death in the United States. She was placed on Alabama's death row at the Julia Tortweiler Prison for Women. Judith appealed appealed for a new trial, but it was denied in March 1987. Mm. In 1989, the United States Supreme Court affirmed her death affirmed her death sentence. On January 15th of 1989, Judith Neely was days from her execution date when Alabama's departing um, departing governor, which was January 18th, right, de- <laughs> departing governor Fob James commuted. Her death sentence, changing it to life prison with the possibility of parole in another 15 years. I mean, I don't think this sounds I don't think this sounds flip floppy from my perspective, because I think I've made it clear where I stand on the death penalty. But what about that woman's story makes you want to commute it? I'm not a fan of the death penalty because I think sometimes people get put to death and they didn't commit a crime. Mm hmm. There are people in the just statistically, there are people in the prison system that haven't committed crimes who are in jail for life, who are on death row, who are just serving any kind of time that they for something they didn't do. But if this woman was killing people and got put on death row, why did he like that's crazy that. And then when you when you hear that, it sounds like a favor. It sounds like if right? he's already about to be out of office. Like something about him was like, <laughs> man, I need to help Judith out before I go. On the way out, you're like, man, I need to. That's what, what I'm saying. I need to, let me throw, let me throw Judith a, a little, let me throw her a bone on my way out. Well, why? That doesn't make you look good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that uh, he gave Judith a stay, Judith what? Weezer? 
Neely. Judith Neely gave her a stay of execution, and now she's just serving life. Yeah. That's wild. Um, Yeah, so uh, changing it to life prison with with the possibility of parole in another 15 years, thus a minimum of 31 years in prison. The decision was met with controversy, but Governor James, long known for his quote-unquote tough position on crime and criminals, cited how Judith's jury had recommended life in prison, but the judge sentenced her to death. Mm. Judith would have been eligible for parole in January 2014 at the age of 49, but the Alabama legislator passed a law in 2003 that made her ineligible for parole. Damn. Yep. Slap in the face. So she was like, I have a chance. Just gotta, just gotta make it to 2014, <laughs> and then but dude came and was like, "Nah, hold this, nah. hold this life in jail." Nah, um, I can understand now. Now I had time to sit in it for a bit. I can understand maybe if he was thinking, "Let's not throw this person away." Because I got into a conversation with, um, I think it was Sammy Smith on our Facebook page mm-hmm. about there was a kid here in Baltimore over the weekend as well. This weekend was crazy, man. Yes, the fucking Mercury must be in retrograde, man. Um, this kid who's 14 last week, he killed a, he killed, he raped and murdered an 83 year old woman yeah, in that. her home. Yeah. And she was like, so don't you think this is like kind of throwing him away? And I was like, look, man. Oh yeah. I read that comment. Yeah. I was like, look, man, like we're not talking about a gang shooting or somebody that, you know, uh, a rob, a burglary gone bad. This kid went into somebody's house and raped and murdered them. So I don't see him getting worse from the prison he's already pretty worse like he's as bad as you can get you know so we can't be we can't go oh poor him the system because we're not talking about uh gang violence or uh you know a burglary or it's just something that's more systemic you know somebody trying to to survive somebody doing something to survive rob somebody at fed hill rob somebody down at the inner harbor and they they jumped or tried to take their purse back and he stabbed him and Mm -hmm. ran we're talking about a guy who went into an apartment and murdered and raped an 83-year-old woman. I don't I have no there's nothing in me that would suggest that he wouldn't do that again. He didn't the thing about that is he didn't beat her and rob her. Yeah, he, he murdered her and raped, and raped her. her. So he he knew what he wanted to do <laughs> so when he went into that apartment. He's there. He's like he's there at the mountaintop. There's no yeah. That's as high as you can go. Right. We're not talking about a kid that kicked the door in, wanted to snatch a bunch of shit real quick. She popped out, scared him, and she shot him. And mm-hmm. he shot her, you know? Yeah. Like Botham John, you know? Yeah. Even though that's fucking horrible as well. But I'm just saying, like, if this was a case where he just kicked the door in, didn't know anybody was home, somebody came around the corner, he had a gun, bow, shot mm-hmm. him, and then ran, I would go, I mean, he's 14, man. I don't know. Let's give him tw- life. Let's give him 25 years to life. And then try to help him out, rehab, figure him out. And then maybe when he's 30, we can talk about maybe doing parole. But when you rape and murder somebody, I think you're going to rape and murder somebody else. Yeah. That, so yeah. Maybe, they, maybe this officer was like, maybe these crimes sounded more like the man, you know, it's the 80s, sexism. They're like, clearly Alvin was, which is crazy because he's, you know, his name's Alvin. The, maybe this uh, governor or whoever this guy that gave her the state of execution was like, clearly her husband manipulated her into doing these things she's only 15 we can't just let her spend the rest of her life in jail maybe that's where his mind was nah she was running she was running she was yeah she was el capitan yeah she was running that show yeah but maybe that wasn't maybe that sounded crazy to people in the 80s like a woman making decisions (laughs) let's help her out guys clearly alvin is a monster and he was running the show and she was just doing what he told her to do you know 
But the whole time, Judith was the queen pen. Yeah, she was, and she was pregnant while doing this. So she had like twins or whatever. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me trying to trying to rationalize why you would uh, t- convert her execution to life. I guess that's he the only thing he I can tried. Think I mean, I don't understand what the purpose. Maybe he of him thought he was being a good guy. She's a kid, right? You she know, she was fifteen, but I mean, she had a chance almost, but you know, but. That's Alvin and Judith Neely. Okay. That's a solid story. I like that. I enjoy that. I also, from my own biases, I like hearing my name. You know, it's fun, you know, to hear other people named Alvin. I'm sure he had to deal with the same bullshit I had to deal with. You're not original if you call me, ask me where the chipmunk, where Theodore and Simon are. It's not an original joke. Yeah, but it's funny. It's not funny to me. I've been with you plenty of times when people done said actually. I have to be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You Alvin, know? oh, like Alvin and the Chickmunks. It always happened. It always <laughs> happened when we were young, when like we yeah. were with a group of girls, and you had to be like, ah, yeah. ah, 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 no, that's crazy. That's funny. You're funny, but it's not funny. All right, it isn't funny. It wasn't funny. <laughs> the whole time I lied. You aren't funny, so don't it'll just come up with something else, man. And I'm sure he had to go through the same thing. Shout out to <laughs> shout out. he's all uh, not, <laughs> what? not shout outs to him. Not shout outs. He's awful. But I, I I feel his pain in the name department. But after that, he is, no. Yeah, but I mean, he was only a car thief. So I think when he met her, she was like, look, she we going to do this. He put it on, he, she put it on him. He was like, hey, I Mesmerized. Yeah. <laughs> she put that thing on him. He was yeah, like, you know what? You know what the real problem here is? <laughs> women. It's women's fault, man. That's what the real problem is. Let me stand here and go against everything that we've established on this podcast about us being allies. Women are the real problem. Women make men do horrible things. It is you are the who are the real horribles. You don't know the power you, you shame. You hold. Shame of you. I cast shame on women for making men horrible, not men being horrible. Let me tell you a story about Adam and Eve. I'm sorry, guys. I don't. <laughs> what? I don't. I've been drinking Capital Hive meat. You finished it, bro. I've been drinking Capital Hive meat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean any of that. I got a little belligerent. Guys, I don't mean that Guys, at all. he didn't share. I didn't, guys, he didn't, I didn't share. Mean, I didn't mean that at all. That's why I eat all the Reese's, because he, he doesn't share. I, guys, I didn't mean that at all. The Capital Hive has gotten to my mind, and, and I didn't mean <laughs> women. You know how I feel about you guys. You guys are great warriors. Serena Williams, right? Cordell. I wanted to bring that up early today. <laughs> but you didn't, and you didn't. So shout out to Serena Williams. We stand by you and all the things that you go through for the equality of women. We are allies here at Affirmative Murder, and we will stand by you in the thickest of times. I don't know how times get thick, but they just do. Fran, I'm going to segue out of this because I am rambling and slurring. Yep. Are you ready? Nah, bro. I said I gotta go. I gotta leave, uh, man. You, I've already established to you. I got the Matt Lauer button under the desk. The door's locked. You can't get out until you do a little strange for a piece of change. Whoa, I'm definitely leaving now. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. Hold. Wait. First of all, you're not gonna speed past that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. No, I didn't mean that <laughs> in that way. Listen, what I meant Whoa. was, no, man. Hey, Whoa, bro. hey, man. Listen. What? Hey, look. I didn't say that. Hey, you ready, man? You ready man, you for to chill out on the, on the, the what is it? Capital High. Capital Mead. High. It's me. Capital Mead, High. Mead. Mead. It's yeah, you delish. Need to chill out on that, bro. It's totes delish. You ready to? Uh, you ready, man? Yeah, man. Let's get it. Let's do it. 
And now, it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. Frazzle! That's right, folks. Once again, it's time for Frazzle Friend, the game show where I try to frazzle, frustrate, and flummox my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. Damn, bro. Look, man, <laughs> I'm not on the I'm not on the uh, oh, I'm not on the pyre know. right okay, now. Whatever. It's you who's got your feet to the flames. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. All right. <clears throat> a serial killer invited a prospective vic- victim to her place. They ate together, and after the meal, she offered her an apple. When she refused, she insisted that they share the apple. So, she took the apple and cut it into two halves. Both of them started eating the apple. As soon as her guest ate the apple, she died. If both of them had the same apple, how come one died and one survived? So, alright, read it again. A serial killer invited a prospective victim to her place. They ate together. After the meal, she offered her an apple. When she refused, probably saying, Oh man, dinner was so good, I'm just full. I don't know if I can eat an apple. She insisted that they share the apple. So she took out a knife and she cut the apple into two halves. Both of them started eating the apple. As soon as her guest ate the apple, she died. If both of them ate the same apple, how come one died and the other survived? So, who was the one that died, though? The the person that the serial killer invited over. Okay. And they both they both took a bite of the. They both took a bite of a cup uh, an apple that was cut down the middle with a knife. Cut down the middle. They just took a bite. They didn't eat the whole half of apple. They both... No, they both ate the apple. The, okay. They both ate their whole apple and I ate everything. But then after both apples were eaten, short time passes by, the guest of the serial killer dies. How'd she pull that off, friend? Um, she poisoned the food. Final answer? Yep. That is incorrect. Damn. What she did what was she took a knife. One side was coated with poison. So when she cut it I down the middle. I was thinking that. Damn. I was. I, hey. Damn. You got to go with your instincts, man. This is a riddle, man. You got to think outside the box. She took a knife. I was thinking she that. She took a knife. One side of the knife had poison, poison on it. I knew it. she cut it down the middle, that one side was po- was now that apple of that side is now poison. I literally was going to. That's what I was thinking first. I was like, maybe. At first I was thinking maybe she had the part with the seeds in it that had poison. Well, you know what? Justin Gatlin almost beat Usain Bolt, but you know something? He Damn! Didn't. He didn't. Who I had that. Fran, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, you came out of this gate really hot with this Frazzle Fran thing, and now it's really sad. Well... And you aren't good. Yeah, it's and just... And you need um, to work on it, man. I wasn't good with tests in school, so, you know, I'd be like, you know what? It's A. No, it's D. And I yeah, you second-guess yourself, man. You gotta... You gotta, you gotta yep. Listen, man. So, as you can clearly tell... As you can clearly tell, everybody that listens to this podcast... They hate me, 
and they think you're a star. So you need to take that and feel confident in yourself and and use that confidence to not second guess yourself and go with your first instinct. I don't believe you that you 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 uh thought that the knife had one side of the poison cuz mm. that's not what you said, but mm. you know what the truth is and if that's what you thought, you should have said it, but you didn't. So know what that means? You're a loser. You lose. And this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder with my partner in true crime, Flu Cell, Flu's, Flu'ser Cell Evans. That's horrible. It's good. This is good. Shut up. Just stop. Cut. It's good. Flu'ser Cell Evans and me, Alvin Williams, the person Al- who Al- doesn't Alvin, say stupid Alvin riddles. Neely. Yeah, it wrong. was. It was him that was. Uh, oh, hey man, that I was t- him. That is, whoa, out of bounds. I told you to not say that live on a hot mic. Alvin Neely, we are, guy. this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. None of us are criminals here. <laughs> Committed no crimes. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. People named Alvin are upstanding members of society. And uh, we, we will see you guys next week. And again, before we go, listen. I'll say it one last time. Just check on your friends, man. Ask them how they're doing. It, it's, it takes two seconds and it can save a person's life. So just think about it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park